In today's episode, we're sharing a presentation from MaxLawCon 2022. Keep listening to hear Russ Nesevich as we share his talk, The Five Most Important Factors to Closing the Sale. You can also head to the Maximum Lawyer YouTube channel to watch the full video. Now to the episode. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Liar Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. How y'all doing? Here's the deal. I'm a salesperson. I happen to have a law degree, but I'm a salesperson. I sell legal services. I sell estate planning. You're all salespeople. And once you all realize that you are all salespeople, your life and your practice will change. Everything Gary talked about is gold. It's awesome. It's up here. It's 10,000 feet. We're going to come to ground level. And we're going to talk about when you have the opportunity to talk to a client, how you're going to close the sale and how you're going to get them to commit and how you're going to get them to move forward. And that's what I've been doing for my whole career. I spent 15 years selling investment real estate through financial advisors to clients. Five years ago, I made a career change and I started selling estate plans, period. End of story. You are all salespeople. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Why do clients buy? By the way, quick aside, I had this presentation professionally done and then I added like four slides. You're going to be able to tell really quickly which slides I added. So I, I apologize in advance. Clients buy because they trust you. Clients buy when they trust you, when they see that you have credibility, you can do what you say you're going to do, and you develop rapport. If you do one out of three or two out of three, you will not close the sale, it will not work. So you have to get them to trust you, you have to get them to believe that you can do what you say you can do and that you're good at your craft, and you have to develop some rapport where on an emotional level, they like you and they want to work with you. Be consultative. I have been, so when I worked at the real estate firm, I had, thir for 13 years, I was at this company. The last five years, I ran a 30-person sales force. I had years and years and years of professional sales training. I sat in rooms like this for three days, four days, and got professional sales training. If you ever have the opportunity to do it, do it. And I've taken those three or four experiences that I've had with professional sales training, and I've stolen a bunch of that stuff and put it together into a 20-minute presentation for you, okay? So I have been trained to do this, to engage the client, to go through discovery, learn about the client, to build value, to demonstrate what you're gonna do for them, and then to advance the sale. And it is truly a process. And it's something that you have to practice, and it's something that you have to be good at in order to get to where you want to be. So here's the, here's the fun part. When I was selling real estate investment products, I had to get them to accept an invitation to talk to me. Hi, I'm looking for Mr. Smith. We have this wonderful multifamily investment opportunity. It'll generate 6 to 8% annual returns, blah, 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 blah. Is there any chance we can talk? No, he doesn't want to talk to you. He's fine on his real estate needs. Great, when can I call him back? Can I send you some information? That sucks, okay? Then after that, you've, you gotta get them to disclose their needs, embrace your recommendations, commit to moving forward. 
But none of it works until you, until you get them to accept an invitation to talk. We, as attorneys, we don't have to get them to accept an invitation to talk. They come to us. They actually call us. They call us because they need our help. It's the hardest part of the process. The hardest part of the process is to get them to be willing to talk to you and listen to what it is you have to sell them. You guys don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. We get to skip that step. They come to one of my webinars. They call me. They come to my office. They're already in. Now it's on me to do the rest and to do it well. So we go from engage, we go to discover. We want to learn about them, their needs, both their real needs and their unconscious needs, the things that keep them up at night. We want to build value, tell them all the things that we could do to fix that problem and get them to embrace our recommendations on an emotional level. And then and only then could we advance the sale. And the problem, the mistake that 90% of people make is they move to step four. They move to advancing the sale and they haven't done a good enough job in step three, which is building value. If you move to advance the sale and they say no, you didn't blow it at the end. You blew it at step three because you haven't demonstrated the value. So engage. When you engage, all you want to do is gain commitment. So we had to call and get somebody to talk to us. You guys, they're coming to talk to you. They've already committed, okay? So this part's easy, but let's tweak it. Let's make it better, and let's make it easy for you. By the way, here's, you, you can tell. Anybody want to guess which slide wasn't professionally done? Okay, but this is important, all right? How do your people answer the phone? Good morning, thank you for calling Nesovich Law. This is Russ, how may I help you? I gave them my name. My name is Russ, okay? I made a sincere offer to serve them. How may I help you? Hi, Nesovich Law. Hi, thank you for calling Nesovich Law. This is Russ, how may I help you? It's subtle, but it's different. Well, I need such and such. Great, I would be glad to help you with that. May I have your name, please? You acknowledge them, you acknowledge the problem. You connected with them on a level. They know your name, you know their name. People call and they, they get to me eventually and they call me Mr. Nesevich. And I allow them to do that once. And then I say, please, just call me Russ. Can, can I call you Bob? It changes the tone of the conversation. Thank you, Bob. Can I just ask you a couple of questions to make sure I get you to the right person? You used their name. An other-centered approach. Not what's in it for you, what's in it for them. Can I ask you some questions so that I can get you to the right person? This is all so simple, but there's this subconscious psychology going on that makes this all incredibly important, okay? Discovery. You want to ask questions. You want to understand their needs, both the subconscious and conscious needs. The conscious need for me is, I need a will. Great. The subconscious need is, I'm afraid that my wife's going to get all the money and she's going to spend it with her new husband and it's never going to get to my kids or my kids from my prior marriage. And that keeps me up at night. You don't need a will. You need a solution to the fact that you think your kids are gonna blow through all your money or your wife when you're gone is gonna blow through all the money. That's what you need. You need a solution to that problem. So you wanna discover their needs, you wanna build trust, you wanna allow them to be heard. Ask open-ended questions, ask clarifying questions. Okay, another rough slide. Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. I think in the seven habits, 
It's not seven habits. It's uh, how to win friends and influence people. Don't talk. You go out to dinner with somebody else and you guys have a conversation and you do 80% of the talking, you are doing it wrong. You do 20% of the talking, somebody random goes over and says to that person who was at dinner with you and you only did 20% of the talking, hey, what'd you think of that person? Oh, they were great, I loved them. Of course you did. You just got to talk about yourself for 80% of dinner. People just wanna talk about themselves. We all do it. Shut up. Shut up and stop talking. Tell me about, help me to understand. Share with me about, tell me, tell me a little more about this concern that you have about your wife dying and getting remarried and your kids not getting the money. Ask clarifying questions. Ask follow-up questions. Oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more. If you're doing most of the talking during your consultations, you are doing it wrong. This is a script. This is a script. Use the script. When you say that, what do you mean by that, okay? Sometimes I ask people financial questions and suddenly they get a little standoffish. And I'm asking financial questions for two reasons. I'm asking financial questions because one, in order to do their estate plan really well, I need some information on their financials. I gotta know what, they're de what we're dealing with. Two, I have a financial services firm that I work with. And if there's an opportunity to help them manage their money, I wanna know about it. But sometimes you start asking a person, well, how, how much do you make? How much is in your 401k? How much is in your IRA? Tell me, tell me how much is in your brokerage account. What's your house worth? And you start asking these questions and they, they back up. Well, why, why are you asking me that? Well, beat them to the punch. Prime the question with an other-centered reason, not about you, about them. In order to better understand your tax situation when you pass away for estate planning purposes, so that we can protect more of the assets for you and minimize the taxes. Can you give me an idea of how your assets are structured in terms of IRAs and 401ks versus brokerage accounts? They're answering that question. They're not answering, hey, how much do you make? Make it about them and explain why you're asking the question and prime that question, okay? Build value. This is by far the most important step. And this is the step that we do wrong. And by the way, this is the step where you get to talk. And you get to explain how you're going to solve their problem. What you're going to do for them. What it will mean to them when you're done, okay? Make it emotional. Word pictures. We did a mastermind at the Guild on Tuesday, it was uh, Wednesday was mastermind day. We all got together and had some masterminds. And we were talking about all sorts of things and somebody was talking about their estate planning practice. And one of the attorneys who was in the room said, you know, my father passed away X number of years ago. And there was all this paperwork. And I'm an attorney and I didn't know what to do. And my mom had all these documents. There were my dad's. And some of the accounts just had my dad's name on them. And we were just staring at that paperwork. And my dad had just passed away. And as if we didn't have enough to deal with, now we had this stack of paperwork that we didn't know what to do with. And my mom's looking at me because I'm an attorney and she thinks I'm gonna know what to do. And I have no idea what to do. Did you all just feel that? That's word pictures, all right? Make them feel that. Take all that stuff that you learned 
during discovery and use that to build those word pictures, to make those strong statements, to make sure that they can see that you understand what, you're, what they're going through and then you clarify back for them what they're going through and what you can do for them to solve their problem. And by the way, if you're not passionate about it, figure out how to become passionate about it. Take an acting class if you have to. If you cannot speak, I'm being serious, become somebody else. If you cannot speak about their estate planning work or their personal injury work or their divorce with the same passion that I'm talking to you about sales, find something else that will excite you and practice that instead. Because clients can sense it when you're not excited and, and emotional about their problem and what you're trying to help them with, okay? Because you mentioned that protecting that money for your children is important to you, let me tell you about someone we helped just two weeks ago with a similar problem. They're coming in to sign their documents next week. This is how we did it. That money is gonna get to their kids no matter what. By the way, you may also wanna consider or be aware of this. Have you thought about this? And that's how you show your value. Oh, no, I, I didn't think about that. Oh, well, you really ought to think about that. It's really, really important. When they emotionally embrace and care about the benefits, and that meets their understanding and beliefs, you win. They will never say no to when you ask them to sign that agreement, not retainer agreement, okay? You've all heard this before. You've all heard about the difference between features and benefits. Make it about them. You've gotta be really, really careful that the features and benefits are about them. The features are what you're going to do for them. When you walk out the door, Mr. Smith, we're gonna create a will, we're gonna have a power of attorney, we're gonna have all that stuff done. It's going to help you to ensure that the assets you leave to your wife will eventually get to your kids no matter what. That's the benefit. And you want those benefits to be specifically relevant and applicable to them. What do they care about? Do they care about money? Do they care about their reputation? Do they care about their kids? I don't know, but hopefully you got all that from discovery when you zipped your lip and just asked questions and let them talk. Because if you did that well, this part becomes easy. Build value. This is how we do things a little bit differently. We're gonna have a few reviews of your plan. We're gonna be in touch every so often. This is how often we're gonna talk. This is how often you're gonna hear from us. You can call us anytime between nine and five. We will call you back within two hours, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Demonstrate your expertise. We're one of the only firms in town that does this kind of planning for people like you. We're one of the only firms in town that has real expertise in dealing with clients who have five million in assets or 10 million in assets or whatever it is that you do. We're one of the only firms in town that has been dealing with catastrophic injury cases for years and years and years. Demonstrate your expertise and use those words. We're the first, we're the most, we're the only. Build that value. Emotional, I talked about the word pictures. Use those pictures to explain what's unfamiliar to them. They don't know what an AB trust is or what a testamentary trust is, but they know what it means when you leave your assets to your kids. Those monies will be protected if you leave them in a way 
Creditors won't be able to get to them. Predators won't be able to get to them. Their divorcing spouse that you never really liked because you told me that in discovery won't be able to get to them. That they understand. They don't care about the testamentary trust. Tell some success stories. Show your passion. Speak like you're up on stage. Try not to use words like um and uh. When I first started doing webinars, I watched back a webinar that I did on estate planning. I used the word right 37 times. So does that make sense to all of you, right? You wanna talk about distracting the audience. If you're speaking like that when you're in a meeting with a client, it is just as distracting. There's a term, anybody see Top Gun yet? I, he I hear it's awesome, don't give it away. Tom Cruise supposedly at 60 years old still has abs. I've never had abs, I'm 47, but it gives me hope because 13 years from now, maybe. <laughs> so, <laughs> fighter pilots have a term about checking their six. Checking their six just means knowing what's going on behind them. Check your six. You wanna, with your client, you wanna check your six. Do you understand what I'm saying, sir? Mr. Smith, does that make sense to you? Mr. Smith, does that sound like a reasonable next step? Mr. Smith, do you get that? Do you want me to clarify it a little bit? Check your six with your client. How does that sound to you? They're gonna have objections. Here's how you handle those objections. You wanna accept them, that makes a lot of sense. You wanna clarify them. You wanna understand what they mean so that you can address it properly. Validate it. Drop the rope. Here's what drop the rope means. Don't play tug of war with the client. If the client objects to something you say, drop the rope. Drop the rope, back up, rephrase it. Don't challenge them, you'll lose. Rephrase it, make sure you understand, clarify, adapt. I can appreciate that. What issues concern you? Ameriprise, this is really funny. Ameriprise has a strategy that they teach their salespeople. It's called feel, felt, found, okay? Mr. Smith, I understand that you may feel that way. The last few people that I worked with felt that way as well. Eventually, they found that this was actually a really good solution for them. Did you catch that? Feel, felt, found? I had a salesperson that worked for me who went in to see a financial advisor, and the financial advisor was a former Ameriprise guy, and my sales guy used that on him, and the guy looked at him and went, did you just feel, felt, found me? <laughs> okay? Feel, felt, found. Okay? All right, advance. I got a minute and a half left, but that's okay because this is the easiest part if you've done the first three parts correctly, all right? You wanna gain commitment to what's next, whatever that may be. Gary will say that what's next has to be them signing the retainer or signing the agreement. Maybe. Maybe because of your practice area, they're not ready for that yet. I don't know, but get them to commit to something. Can I call you tomorrow at two o'clock just to get some feedback on this meeting. Can I have my assistant follow up with you? Would you mind if we sent you some more information? Get them to end the meeting with a yes. Would you be willing to sign a retainer and move forward? Would you like to give us a deposit? Whatever it may be, get them to move forward and commit to something. Give them a choice. Would you like to pay by credit card or by check? That's a fork in the road. It didn't say not pay at all. You gave them a choice and you forced them into a decision. Would you like to give us a retainer by credit card or by check? Okay? I know, Gary's not here anymore. I can say whatever I want. You wanna create a fork in the road and make them choose. 
but provide an other center purpose. Why is it in their best interest to choose your road? And then get a commitment. Get a commitment to something. Closing isn't about technique, it's all about timing. It's about timing. It's when you've done number three really, really well, and you've demonstrated all their value, now, now. If you do it too early, you're, you lost, and if you do it too late, you've bored them and they're thinking about meeting somebody else. It's about timing, okay? Handle objections, acknowledge, this is the ADAP, when I was talking about objections before, acknowledge the objection, drop the rope, explain what's in it for them, get permission to continue moving the conversation forward. So, I am out of time. We were gonna go through an example, I'm out of time. I don't think I could even take questions, right? Questions, nothing, we're done? Okay, I, I, have, I have one thing that I wanna say, just if you don't mind, give me one moment. This is purely an ask, don't hit it yet. It's, I'm not selling anything, I'm not doing anything, it's an ask. My father passed away from cancer 15 years ago. I have a really good friend who is up for man of the year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and it means a lot to me. I have personally, as part of his team, raised about $20,000 as part of his cause. We're up to about $200,000 in assets. Today is the last day of fundraising. There's a whole bunch of people in this room that I reached to personally who made a donation as part of our team towards his Man of the Year campaign. If you got some value out of this and you would consider doing it, I really appreciate it. I don't care if it's 20 bucks, I don't care if it's, if it's five bucks, whatever it is. If you feel like you got something out of this presentation and you're willing to do it and you wanna feel good before you go home, make a donation to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, okay? That's it, thank you. If you have any questions, if you wanna talk about this stuff, if you wanna role play something, call me. My mobile is 267-258-4793. You can call me, you can text me. I'm happy to chat with you. I'm happy to role play something. I'm happy to talk about a problem that you're having with this. I just like this stuff. And if I wasn't selling legal services, I'd be selling something else. I think it's cool. All right, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time. The Gilda's Maximum Lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com.